Hey, what's going on, fam? This is Pastor G. And I have to admit that the topic that I'm going to deal with today isn't what I originally planned on dealing with. But as a result of a couple of occurrences within the past few days, I think that this is a place that we need to we need to revisit. Um, a couple of days ago, a couple of mornings ago, I got a phone call from a friend and he had been communicating via text with a mutual friend of ours. And in that text exchange, our mutual friend indicated uh, that he was considering ending it all. And so I immediately contacted him and he verbalized that he was he was in a bad space and that he was OK. And, and he sounded OK. But just to be sure, I was able to identify somebody who lived in close proximity to him because he he doesn't live in the same state. They went over and they and they laid eyes on him and they made sure that he was all right and spent time with him. They talked and even took pictures together and they forwarded some of the pictures to me because I needed to see. I needed verification that he was in a better place. At that moment, he was he was overwhelmed by life and he was so tired of the struggle and he was so done with the pain that he was considering ending it all. Now he's agreed to get counseling uh, and to talk through his challenges. And even in his moment of weakness, his experience should, in my opinion, inspire others to realize that it's important to reach out. It's important to let folks know that you're not okay. His experience, while it's very personal to him, was so that others could see the courage in his decision to keep on going. You know, the question can be asked, you know, what do you feel like when you're faced with struggles? How do you respond? What are the things that you're thinking about? I'm not talking about minor disappointments. I'm talking about when it feels like the struggle is never going to end and you, for whatever reason, can't catch a break. I'm talking about whatever it was that led Chesley Christ to think that there was no other alternative but to end it all. Here we had an absolutely beautiful woman who was admired by so many people. It appeared that she was at the top of her game and she chose to take her life. So today we're going to take a look at Philippians chapter one, and we're going to talk about it ain't always for me. Coming up next on The Trifling Ones. All right, so as I mentioned before, we're uh, in the book of Philippians chapter 1, uh, verse 6, just one verse. And it's, it says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. This text right here, before we get into my usual two to three points, Paul is writing a letter to the church at Philippi. 
But at this particular moment, he's incarcerated. Now, because the authorities are afraid of the type of communication that he may have, uh, he's had to give up his cell phone. He doesn't have access to his email. So they've just provided him with a piece of paper, a pen and a stamped envelope. We know that didn't really happen. But what I'm trying to show you is that Paul's been stripped of the things that he's used to. He's confined to a small area. Um, he is he doesn't have the ability to move around freely. He can't go where he wants to go. He can't go see who he wants to see. He's not able to interact with those that he loves. He can't touch them. He's in what I would call a dark and lonely place, especially when you think about the fact that the reason why he's incarcerated, the reason why he's locked up is because he spread the gospel. He didn't take anybody's life. Uh, he didn't he didn't, you know, do armed robbery. I mean, he was spreading the gospel. But if you read Philippians chapter one, the entire chapter, I just read verse six. And I do recommend reading the entire chapter in your own time. Paul doesn't sound like somebody who's bitter. He doesn't uh, appear to be uh, mad, although he's suffering unnecessarily. In fact, he sounds like he could be chilling at the crib with no worries. And this is because Paul comes to a conclusion. And that conclusion is, it ain't always for me. And so our two points today are the confidence that eradicates fear. The confidence that eradicates fear. The text says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. So Paul exudes confidence and this confidence gets rid of fear. Think about it. When we feel hopeless, when we don't see a way out, when we're afraid of embarrassment or feeling shameful or we begin to entertain thoughts of suicide or thoughts of helplessness, it's because fear and doubt have crept in. If your money ain't right, but you know that your uncle is an option because he has your back, he's always there for you, then there's still confidence in the fact that there's an answer to the problem. Then you don't feel fear because there's an answer. You don't entertain extreme measures because there's an answer. Desperation doesn't kick in. Because there's an answer. See, when there's confidence, that eradicates fear. Mm. But when confidence is eroded, then desperation kicks in. Fear kicks in and doubt kicks in. So we're looking for some type of answer through our desperation and our fear and our doubt. And usually it ain't the right one. Desperate times call for desperate measures. So we have a loss of faith and, you know, giving up kicks in. But what is confidence? What is it when we're confident? Confidence is the, it's the feeling or belief that somebody or something has got our back. That is what confidence is. So Paul is confident that God isn't random with the stuff that he does. Paul didn't do anything wrong. Yet he's away from those who he loves. He could be spending all his time working on his appeal. 
He could join the prison gang and become affiliated because he's just got to go with the flow and do what he's got to do. But Paul is confident in God's ability to use this horrific situation, not for his benefit, but for the benefit of others. This ain't for Paul. See, Paul doesn't need jail time. He ain't hurting for street credibility. Like he doesn't need uh, to impress anybody with a prison tattoo. He recognizes a couple of things. The first is that God has him. And the second is that God needs others to see Paul's struggles so that they can become believers and so that they can gain strength from him. Job once said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Job was like, it doesn't matter what the outcome is. I am confident in God and what God is doing. See, when confidence exists, it might not be all good, but it's going to be okay. If I can just see somebody who's been through it, if I can talk to somebody who understands it, if I can witness victory in the life of somebody because of their confidence in God, then that gives me strength. So we talked about the confidence that eradicates fear. But then we have to look at the comfort that encourages faith. The comfort that encourages faith. Paul then says, he that began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Now, when it says good work here, that means beneficial work. So through our confidence, we can find comfort that it'll help us spiritually see the stuff that we physically aren't able to see. It encourages faith. What God started, he's going to finish. Might be a long time coming. And you can't see a way out. Might be dark right now. But you just got to keep on moving. Hmm. Let him complete the beneficial work that's been started. Take one more step. Put in one more application. Pitch your business to one more investor. Try one more therapist. Go to rehab one more time. Have one more conversation. Whisper one more prayer. Your ability to do this one more thing is going to allow you to yet on one other occasion do something until God completes his work. He's going to complete it. And when he does, somebody's going to hear about your journey and somebody's going to get strength that they need to carry on as a result of your journey. Somebody's going to look at you and you're going to be their expert witness of how you got through and how this situation tore your life up. And you're going to be able to guide them through their own tragedy. Somebody's going to be distraught and their faith is going to be completely eroded. They're going to doubt it 100 percent. And yet you are going to be able to reassure them. That he who began a good work in them will carry it on to completion. So hold on because somebody needs you. It ain't always for you. 
Your struggle ain't about you sometimes. My mother sacrificed much after my father's death to ensure that we were okay. It was hard, but she understood that it was a part of her development. But she was bearing the burden for generations to come. It wasn't about her necessarily. It ain't always for you. Your struggle may involve you, but be confident that God's plan will come to completion. Heavenly Father, we are asking you right now to speak to anyone whose spirit may be disturbed. Anyone who's not in a good place right now, anyone who's in a dark place right now, we ask that you would speak to them. Let them know that what you're doing has not been designed to kill them. It's not been designed to directly hurt them, but rather there may be hurt involved in order for them to go through to completion just so somebody else can see the completion in them. I pray right now that whomever may be listening to this, if they're dealing with some type of situation or circumstance, that they'll reach out to someone. I pray even now that you would allow those of us who are listening to think about, quicken us to reach out to someone. There are lives to be saved. There are people who need to be pulled out of darkness and shown that they're loved. My God, when you do these things, we'll be careful to give you all of the honor, all of the glory, and all of the praise. It is in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. And all of the trifling ones said, Amen. Amen.